Hey, it's me again. I had to get away from the motel room, get some air. Taking a midnight walk. I'm down by our favorite smoking spot over at Fort Wadsworth. Miles in the middle of finals week, and every flat surface of our motel room is currently covered in papers. It's nice here when the tide's low. I like to come down to the rocks and sort of ogle all the crap that floats ashore out from the Hudson. Really weird stuff. Old pylons, gigantic tires, a single shoe, decadal cans of monster. The moon's really clear and bright tonight. I barely need my flashlight. It's just mainly for self-defense. She's pissed at her students. Not because they're dumb, but because they're lazy. They hand in these handwritten, one-sided papers on torn loose leaf, minimum wrist movement. None of them have ever looked inside the book that Ma signed. But they know Sparknotes, and boy do they get creative with Sparknotes. I respect this level of dedication to apathy. I'm downright jealous. If I could have gotten away with it with my brainiac mom around, I would have. But as it stands, I'm trained within an inch of my life to know the difference between there, there, and there. And I don't want to know these things, but so help me God, I can recite to you Shylock's monologue from Merchant of Venice from memory. Mom's classes have been covering Othello this last month. It's made her downright depressed that none of them could even relate to someone like the Moor. No one's ever appreciated stories the way Ma loves stories. She could get lost in a book for days, like Aunt Linda's daughter, Sammy. I think that's what ends up making her a crabby teacher. She's all resentful that uh, these kids have never had to face discrimination or worry about where a roof above their head was coming from. I tell her she could always transfer off-island and start teaching in a needier neighborhood in Brooklyn or the Bronx. Usually she just sighs theatrically like there's something I'm not understanding and goes back to ragging on her privileged students. Ma and I have a roof over our head for now, which is good news, but our budget's tight. Ma isn't exactly sure how much we have saved up to keep us in the room here at the Staten Island Motor Lodge, and it's time we start considering our next plan of action. Ma was never very good at managing money. She's a genius at, like, books, and then she let Dad take care of everything else. Ladies, here's a public service announcement. Always have an exit strategy, a golden parachute, a separate bank account, another life to call home, no matter what. Ma is a Catholic, so her exit strategy was faith. Faith will not find you a place to live after you found out your name is not on the mortgage. Note this. Anyway, gender politics, can worms aside, Dima stood me up the other night after all. That magic five minutes away text turned into another hour of waiting. 
fair to say I was a, a little miffed, so I've been dodging these phone calls ever since. The whole thing's put me in a mood all week long, and it's made it harder to get back to people who actually deserve my time, like Jess. She took everything that happened with so much grace, I guess that's the word I want to use. I mean, she was engaged to you. She was kind of forced to. But it's been too weird being a depressed sad sack around her because she's the one who really deserves to be depressed about all of this. You know, she was going to marry you when you got back home. Besides, I hate people seeing me all fucked up. I'd rather be with my bad self when that happens. Jess has left three voicemails, which I'm too guilty to even open up and listen to. Plus the one voicemail from school. Bastards dropped on my classes. And then there's Aunt Linda's voicemails, all of which I deleted, many of which ranged in my inbox from worry to downright furious. You know, I don't know if you ever got to meet her, but this reminds me of another aunt who passed. Suzanne. Her name was Suzanne. Suzanne was awesome. She turned me into the music nerd I am today. Anyway, my parents are staying in the Keys with my grandparents, and my two aunts stayed behind to watch me. Linda's the oldest, so she was already going to nursing school, but Suzanne was in college. So one morning, she comes home and tells me to pack my backpack for OzFest. My first concert tickets. I was 12, and this woman took me to OzFest. Incredible. I watched a Slayer fan rip a bolted chair out of the concrete floor and hurl it across the room. It was the best experience of my life. And when Linda came home and found out where we had gone and the fact that I was covered in fake blood, she was furious. And uh, I guess all three of us decided never to speak of it again. But Suzanne? She was a pretty sweet aunt. Nan had her late, so she was only a bit older than me, and it was a great time to be around her. She knew so much about music. Shaka is actually her car. Half of that station wagon's band stickers are hers. You can guess who named her. So, apparently, the story goes that I was always born in the back of Shaka in the late 90s. My dad was away on a construction job, and Suzanne was the only one around to drive my mom. They got stuck in traffic on, of course, the green belt, and my aunt almost got pulled over for driving over the divider and pulling through a yellow on the opposite side of the road. I guess I know where I get my driving skills from now. It's, uh, it's a shame what happened to Suzanne. She was only 35. I got her car after she died, you know? Thank goodness, because it's the only car we have now. <sighs> I wish I didn't have to work in the morning, but that's just the reality of working at a place where you report your taxes. I couldn't go back to waiting tables, but my sleep schedule on my liver is already at its limit. I don't hate key food. They pay me a decent wage. I've been there for the last couple of years, gotten a 30-cent raise, and it's practically the only job that'll let me show up to work hungover consecutively three times in a week. It's a job that understands my condition. I can basically just show up and exist on the clock for eight hours. Then I go home and drink 40s until I can pass out in peace. Ma is out like a light by the time I come back. It's... Not that I don't like hard work. I just never know how to work hard in the right direction. I have no idea what all that hard work is amounting to. And to be honest, I don't want my life's work to be done in a supermarket or an office. I don't have the faintest idea of what my life's work is supposed to be, though. Like, how do people just know? 
How did you know you wanted to join the military right out of school? How did you know what shape your future had to take? You were so damn focused all the time and sure and driven and you died. And somehow I'm still here after busting my head open on a tub, this loser unsure what to even do with all this time she's suddenly given. If life was fair, it'd be the other way around, Max. Whoa, whoa, it's dark in here. The catacombs are always really damp and dark during the springtime. It's where all the bugs hide when it's cold, and you can see all their beetle shells glittering on the walls. Uh, hold on, here, let me just... Uh, wait, I'm trying to get this flashlight on. I almost got it. Here's the button. 